0: Alrighty, so now we'll get into it, Ask Brojo Anything, and bringing in Joe Ducard to the coaching team yet again uh, for our random questions. We've got a couple of questions today. We'll see how we go with those. So I'll start us off with the first one. It's a bit of a long one, so I'll try to just quickly summarize it. Basically, we've got a Brojo member who's Working on honesty, and says he's never been intimidated by a concept so much as this one. Uh, he likes to consider himself an honest person, uh, at least when it when it comes to his weaknesses, and everything else is usually sprinkled with withheld information. He got pretty hard about a point I made in the course that he's doing about why you shouldn't lie. And he's quite conflicted about his identity. The uh, idea that you don't know who you are if you're constantly hiding who you are. Uh, And it overwhelms him. So basically, he's quite terrified the thought of being more honest and revealing who he really is. And he feels like he's got a huge mountain to climb. So there isn't a specific question in there. Um, But we can already you can kind of get a flavor of some of the issues coming up from basically he's working on something that's very vulnerable and intimate to him. And he feels kind of raw and exposed and quite fearful that this isn't even worth going down the path of doing that. It's going to hurt him in the long run. That's my interpretation. Um, Put it out to you guys first. What are your thoughts on, on dealing with this dilemma essentially of Becoming more vulnerably honest, but being terrified that that's a dumb idea that's going to get you hurt.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that I notice <clears throat> for everyone that I've ever talked to who is looking to live a more authentic and honest life, there is this barrier to cross. So this is not this is nothing strange specific to you, and that to this to this uh, caller. And there's usually either one of two things that I notice that happen: either the resistance to being honest is fear-based, or it is a feeling of loss of control. And the way that I uh, the way that I look at this situation is that the only reason that we ever had to withhold the truth to begin with was it was as a result of one of two motivations: either we were afraid to be too vulnerable, be found out, be judged, be rejected, uh, something like that. So we hid who we were as a defensive mechanism, or we hid the truth because we saw that it gave us an advantage. And Essentially, it became a manipulation mechanism. So it's either one of those two paths. And so when you're in the process of opening up, I of seeking that place where you can be fully authentic and let people polarize around that, you're going to face this point again. That's what got you there to begin with. So there's this underlying mechanic going on for you now. For this particular person, it sounds like it's fear-based, which makes me think that there is some internal thought process inside his head that is probably based on a not-good-enough story that led all the way into this path of, well, I'm, I'm 90% okay with my life, but there are certain little things that I'm just not okay with. One of the best things about becoming honest and authentic is that it forces you to confront that. In fact, I'd say that's, that's really 90% of the value. It has even, most of the value of honesty has nothing to do with the other people you're being honest to. It has to do with you being honest to yourself. It's really hard. It's really brutal, it scares everyone, and that's why we put it up front. Once you can do this, you're fearless. There's nothing that's gonna hold you back, either yourself or others. So definitely go towards it. Uh, I think the thing that we really have to figure out how to suggest is how do you cope with that fear? How do you cope with that sense of, of um, potential for rejection and potential for criticism? Joe, this sounds like something that fits into your camp from the perspective of people dating. That's the that's a huge area of fear of rejection. Yeah, um, you know, I'll, I'll
2: definitely I'll talk about the dating in one second. But you, you made me think of something that I want to address real quick first. You know, I'm actually reading a book. I, I believe it's called Truth. And the reason I started reading the book was because the main premise was talking about how if you have pain somewhere in your life or it's like you talk about even um, physical pain because I've um I had a shoulder injury last year and the pain kind of lingered around for a while and I went to a bunch of specialists and whatnot and and um you know nobody could figure out exactly what it was I still had my strength I still had my range of motion so they're just like well there's not really injury what's there and I started reading that subconscious like rage and thoughts and all this stuff that could be in the back of your mind, if you don't let those things out, your body will hold on to them and manifest actually in pain, which I thought was very interesting. So one of the things that this woman advocates in the book is to journal every day and write down like your truth, which is basically the most vulnerable parts of yourself, you know, and the things that you're really not willing to share and, you know, all those little thoughts that come in your mind that you're like, oh gosh, I can't believe I think that you kind of push those back. So I've actually been doing that journal practice um, almost every day. I, you know, I, I miss a few days here and there, but you know my shoulder pain has definitely gotten better, which is kind of crazy that it, you could take away physical pain by just by letting truth out and letting things out that are in the back of your mind. Another thing, another way to do that, you know, if you're too afraid to do it, and I don't want to want to use afraid or pick on anybody, but I, I understand it. if you don't, if you're not super excited to share your truth and super vulnerable things about yourself, which I totally get that you could start in different ways. So the easiest way, like I'm doing is journaling, right? To journal some of these things that are really in the back of your mind and work through them. That could be really powerful. You know, going to a therapist, someone who you're paying was not going to judge you and sharing things that are far in the back of your mind. You know, I've, I've done stints where I've gone to a therapist and shared things and it's always so elating to get things off of your mind and be honest and be vulnerable. And it's just like, wow, when I actually say this out or I write it on paper, it's really not that big of a deal, right? And it gets you used to kind of sharing things. So, I found that, that that can be really helpful with being honest and raw and sharing things about yourself. You know, someone who's trusted from there, like I said, first would be journaling. Next would probably be a therapist. From there, I'd probably go to a really close friend or family member, somebody who's not going to judge you, somebody who you can trust and start to share more honest, more honest things and more vulnerability about yourself. I think that's the next place to go to. And then, as you get more comfortable with this and more comfortable with yourself, then you could be more honest and vulnerable. With people pretty quick, even people that you meet um, right away. And as you can do that, you'll start to make more quality friends and more quality relationships in your life. Okay. Like the first um, podcast me and Dan did probably over a year ago now, um, like we were very honest and very vulnerable right away. And because of that, we became you know, pretty good friends just off of our first conversation that we ever had because we were able to share so many deep things about ourselves and the struggles and all this stuff about our journey. And because of that, we were able to to form a really great um, friendship right off of a first conversation, right? Where years ago, when I was more afraid to share things about myself, um, I would have never connected with Dan, right? Or, or Mike or, or both of these guys I would have never connected with because I wasn't, as comfortable sharing and being honest about things about myself. So that's another thing that I want to address too. And also you have to be, and I get with rejection and and all that stuff. And and I understand how it hurts to share too much about yourself and have someone reject you. Right. Because if you don't share much and someone rejects you, you're like, yeah, what do they know about me? But if you share a bunch, right, like it always hurts more to get divorced than for a girl to say, Oh, or, or somebody to say, Oh, I don't want to talk to you in five seconds right it's going to hurt more when someone knows more about you so I totally get that one thing I'd say to be cautious with as far as sharing vulnerabilities I think you should always be honest if we're talking about honesty just in general I think you should always be honest there's almost never a time to lie except for like if someone says do I look fat in this you know maybe you don't say exactly if they really look fat in the thing or they say you know I think actually you're pulling off you look okay like maybe that isn't that's not really lying that's maybe not sharing a certain part and that's another thing I wanted to say too is you don't have to share every little thing about yourself, okay? You don't have to go into a situation and answer every question if you don't feel comfortable. You don't have to share every little thing about yourself. I'd say start with sharing what you're comfortable with and a little bit more. I'd say start with that so you can start to open yourself up. And I would also go to those trusted resources like I gave you in order. You know, start with the journal or a therapist or a close friend or family member and start sharing there to get used to before you start sharing with strangers and stuff like that. So that's, that's a big thing. And also too, I, I, me and Dan actually talked about this on our first podcast. Was I believe vulnerability and sharing, you know, really deep, honest things about yourself works better for male to male relationships than it works for male to female relationships in the beginning. That is so. I can make a very good guy friend. Okay. I actually just filmed a video on this. <laughs> I could make a very good guy friend right away by saying, yeah, you know, I'm actually working on this You know, I've struggled with this. I've struggled with my weight and, you know, it's just something I'm working on. You know, my business has been good, but I'm, I'm running into X, Y, Z and here's the problem. I'm But I'm really working on it. And men love solving each other's problems, right? So you could actually make a very good friend with a man by sharing those vulnerabilities. But on the other hand, if you're on a first date with a woman you're talking about, oh, I've struggled with my weight and I've struggled with this and this is what I'm working on. And I'm not really there yet. And this and that, Though that may be honest about yourself, which is there's nothing wrong with it, right? There's these things that you're sharing, there's nothing bad about them. They're all human, but they may be something that you may not want to share with someone that you're trying to attract as far as a woman on a first date, because vulnerabilities are something that vulnerabilities are something that I believe should be earned through a male to female relationship. They're not something that you want to lead with. Right away, and for whatever reason it is, it's a biological programming where women kind of judge you off of your value and stuff like that. You're better off being more playful and and being a little bit more mysterious earlier on with women, rather than you know laying everything out and putting everything out on the table and oversharing too much. You want to leave with women; they like to discover things and they like to decipher things. So in in the book The Art of Seduction, they actually address this specifically that women love to know that they figured you out based solely on their deductive reasoning, okay? And what I mean by that is that women don't want you to tell them every single thing about yourself and lay it all out on, on the line. They wanna spend some time and do some work and invest in getting to know you. And they wanna use their deductive reasoning to put things together. Well, that's where male and females um, differ as far as building attraction, okay? So, so that's, that is what I wanna address with that in general. But like I said, sharing things honestly, being vulnerable, can lead to very awesome and very deep relationships, especially with men and with friends and other people like that. And you have to, a lot of people are going to be really bad about sharing and being honest. So once you get good at it and you can go first and start to share about yourself, other people will reciprocate. So that's, all I wanted to share about that.
0: Yeah, I think there's a couple of points there. One is to understand what it means to overshare. And the way most people overshare is that they don't reciprocate, which means I'll give you more than you're giving me. And I don't actually demand or expect you to give back equally. That's oversharing. Undersharing is to be on the other side of that. Um, but I think when, when I, the thing that stood out to me the most when I was reading through this is actually something that's come up over the last couple of weeks is what is the real fear about being honest about not putting on the performance? And I call it the fear of insignificance. And it's the idea that underneath the performance, I'm mediocre. I'm uninteresting. I'm bland. I don't provide any value naturally. I have to force it. I have to put effort into being valuable and I, I, the way I um, I was just talking about it with a client this morning, the way I look at it is somebody putting on a dishonest performance, it's like an alcoholic who doesn't want to know what being sober is like. So they never let it happen. They're always having a drink. And somebody who's been dishonest their whole life does this as well. They never want to get down to what is it like if it's just me, no frills. I don't actually want to know. I'm scared that I'm going to get confirmation that that has no value. And I don't want. I'd rather keep the hope alive that I am valuable, or the hope in the uh, the idea that we all have to put on a show, and that's the way we are valuable. Um, I get a sense that he is concerned that as he reveals who he really is, he's going to get feedback that he's worthless. Like Mike picked up on the not good enough thing, uh, and like Joe picked up on he sees being vulnerable as this kind of outpouring and oversharing rather than an interaction with one carefully selected person at a time as you build up shamelessness. You know what, Joey, what you just described before is what we talk about in our shame course is you don't just go like bull in a China shop, just throwing your greatest shame out at the whole world because you're not prepared to handle how people will react to that yet. Honesty is an art that you build up. You start just like a martial arts. You don't just go, okay, I'm going to learn boxing by going to take on Mike Tyson straight out of the gate. Right? No, first you're going to go to the gym and you're going to hit a bag and you're going to build up in a safe environment. And, and honesty is a lot like that. But I think overall what this guy's facing is this fear. If I am just who I really am, it's going to be proven to be unworthy and not valuable and negative. And there's going to be no upside to that. This will just be a pointless pursuit where I find out that I'm a loser and that's the end of the story. He seems to really be afraid that that's where this is going. Um, like Mike's already said, the only solution is to go there. The only way to find out what you're like sober is to get sober. And, and to see, uh, the example I gave uh, my client this morning, I was at a dance event once and it was just like a social dance. And the, the culture at these places is to always put on a happy face and go, look how full of energy and how lively and fun I am. And everyone does it. And everyone kind of pressures each other to do it. It's the salsa dance scene. And I was really tired. I'd been training all night and the social, social dance was right after my training. And I thought, what if I just showed everyone that I'm tired and antisocial? What would actually happen? I just wanted to see. It was like an experiment. Like, what if I just didn't plaster the big smile on my face for once? And what if I was just boring and tired and uninteresting and and not full of energy? And I wanted to just see what's happening. So I just went and sat on a couch and just kind of sat there and be tired kind of thing. And I was quite nervous about this. I'm like, geez, I'm going to lose all my friends or something. I don't know what's going to happen here. But I'm definitely not someone you'd want to hang out with. And uh, it was actually, I think it was Emma um, from Dancing. She came and sat next to me and we were both in the same mood. So we just started talking about how we're both in that mood. Kind of like, why are we here when we feel like this kind of conversation? And that was like one of the most real conversations I've ever had in the dance community up to that point. I think that was the first time I met her. And I just got this little glimpse where I'm like, huh, I don't actually have to put that effort in all the time. I can get away with not doing that. I can get away with just going, this is how I am today. I can't be fucked today. And nobody stabbed me. You know, nobody took away my value card and threw me in prison and said, no, we've found out he's one of the shitty ones. You know, there wasn't like media posts about how mediocre I am and how everyone should stay away from me. Nothing happened. Nothing great happened, but nothing bad happened either. You know, And what I think is that this guy has yet to have experiences that give him faith that this is the right way to move forward. And unfortunately there's no way to have those experiences without having those experiences. You know, I don't know. I want to hear uh, from you guys as well, experimenting with being more honest and showing who you are for me when I was doing it at first, it really felt like I was going on faith. Like, I hope this works out cause I have no fucking evidence anywhere that this is a good idea. I don't see anyone else doing it. And I'm just like kind of winging it on my own. Did you guys feel like that or am I alone on that one?
1: And I, I absolutely can relate to that. It was really quite scary for me. It was the, the fear response as well. There are parts of myself that I had not fully accepted as being okay as being something that I could show to my friends and family and, and you know, new people that I meet without being immediately judged or disqualified or something like that, particularly in dating situations. So I had these different contexts. And this is where the shame grid was really, really helpful, was that it essentially layers your world in a way where you can peel it back piece by piece by piece. The way I think of it, it's a little bit like if you had a flower garden Right, and a flower garden—it's a beautiful, nice thing. It's great. It's entertaining, but it's got zero sustenance. It doesn't feed you at all. But this is your life. This is what you've built. This is what you show to the world, right? This is flower garden, but it—it—it's purposeless. It's meaningless. It doesn't have any sustenance. It can't feed anyone. It can't feed you, right? So the shame grid process is a lot like plucking out those flowers. You start with the the crappy ones that didn't really matter anyway. Now you've got some bare ground underneath there. You feel a little exposed, but now something real can be planted there. Something serious that can benefit your life. And you're picking out the slightly nicer flowers and the slightly nicer ones. The ones you're protecting are like the gorgeous, roses, bushes and fruit trees and whatever. And they are coming out last. They're the hard ones. But eventually you're going to take that garden down to dirt. That's reality. That's you raw and uncensored and real. And that's when you get to build something really amazing and that's when other people get to be a part of building it as well. That's why in relationships, authenticity is at the top of the list for building a deep and meaningful connection. But yeah, personally, it was, it was a long, hard road. What, what I did find, as Joe pointed out really well, is that it'll start off hard and awkward. Don't beat yourself up. Start light. You'll be amazed at how easy it becomes quickly. Once you get momentum, it's addictive because you start to feel free, start to finally feel free of all the bullshit, and uh, and that is so empowering. It's it's unbelievable. You'll get addicted to it. After a while, you'd be like, "Well, why wouldn't I tell the truth?" You know, that's the obvious answer here. Who was it? Good, good.
0: That's just a, a quote occurred to me. I can't remember who said it. I think it's attributed to Einstein and it's something along the lines of integrity means never having, oh, what is it? Never having to remember what you said. It's something like that. And it's just this idea of honesty where you've got this lightheadedness because you never have to keep track of the story you've been telling people because you're never going to contradict it. I just remember when I, like especially in my nice guy days, the worst of my nice guy days, trying to keep track of what story I built up with each individual person. I had like these dossier profiles of people in my head. I'm like, this guy thinks I'm like rough and tough and like that, that girl thinks I'm like sensitive and funny. And that one thinks I'm intelligent and a little bit witty and fuck, they're all in the same room. So somehow I've got to be all three of these things. Whereas now I'm like, literally right now as I'm speaking, I have no idea what words coming out next. And I don't give a fuck. Like I don't have to worry that they're going to like trip me up because if I've myself from earlier, then fine. So be it. It doesn't matter anymore because I've only ever been, you know, sort of trying to be honest or 95% of the time. But yeah, just that weightlessness. Um, I think what Joe said before is like what you're comfortable with and a little bit more. I still live by that.
2: yeah that's that's um that's that's kind of like the way you grow right is you do what you're comfortable with and you're like let me push just a little bit more right because if you always do what you're comfortable with obviously you wouldn't be on watching this or or whatever it may be you know and yeah you could put yourself sometimes really in the trenches and really throw yourself to the wolves and really go out there I mean that's what I did in my early 20s I was so afraid of social feedback right I was so afraid of rejection I was so afraid of Sharing things about myself, people not liking them, all that stuff sh- scared me so much that I was like, I'm just going to throw myself at the wolves. And I just started going out a bunch and talking to women and socializing, and socializing scared me so much. I mean, that's probably why public speaking is one of the most feared things up there with death, right? Because people are afraid of that social feedback, right? But as these guys are both saying, which I totally agree with, is as you start to get more comfortable with it, and you start to do more. And I love how Mike said it, it gets addicting, right? Because you're like, wow, I could be me, and pe- I'm actually doing better off and like Dan was saying how you feel lighter from actually sharing and putting those things out there right and once you start to see that is the actual feedback that you get versus your perceived guess of what's going to happen right we all have that guess of oh gosh I think if I say this I'm going to get a bad reaction or this or that and and we're so afraid of that that we hold back but once you start putting it out there and see you'll, you'll see you start getting a lot of good feedback so I think all of us Okay, every human, especially nowadays, and definitely with what's going on now and how technology is, we really have to actively and proactively put ourselves out there for social feedback and start sharing those things about ourselves. So we can see that, you know, even rejection and disagreements and all this stuff doesn't really hurt that much, right? And and you'll see that you'll get more positives from it than you will get negatives. And, I, and, and like I was saying before, which, which the guys referred to, like, you know, you do want to start small with some of it another thing too that dan said which which i wanted to get to too is it is a conversation it's a back and forth right you don't want to be like you said the bull in the china shop where you're just dropping everything and going so much you want to share a little bit i almost put like feelers out there okay that's kind of how i do it i put a little feeler out there some vulnerability okay and i do this especially with guys i send a little some feelers out there oh yeah i'm like this but you know it's okay this and that and then i'll see if the guy's like oh well, i did this and such one upping me and ego and whatever not then i'm not going to share any more vulnerability because this guy obviously doesn't appreciate that and he's got too much of a uh, a closed mind usually that person's never going to be a good friend of mine to be honest but in that case i'll just start to listen to them and i'll just lay back and let them do their thing but if someone appreciates the vulnerability and they can relate to it then i'll start to share more and it is a back and forth you kind of go with each other with that because you don't want to be the one person oversharing, Right. And, and, and the other person is, is not going to go down that with you because that's, you're just not going to be on the same wavelength. That's what rapport means being on the same wavelength. Right. So you do have to, I've trusted myself now, which, you know, you get to a point as you do this more is I have a pretty good calibration with, with honesty and vulnerability. And, um, you know, I say honesty. I mean, I'm always honest, but with, with share, sharing certain things about myself, right. If, I share something, like I said, and it's not met very well, then I may go back and listen a little bit more. And here's another thing too, man. And this is, uh, this is almost a sad fact of life, but I've, I've been talking about this a lot recently. So many people just give a shit about themselves, right? There's not very many people. You know, when, when I first got on this call today with Dan and Mike, they both asked me how I was doing. How you doing, man, Joe? How, how's things going? How you holding up over there? That's why they're fucking great guys. That's why I love these guys, right? But a lot of people just go off and, just to, like even as I was talking about myself, when they asked me, I was like, "Well, let me ask about them." I don't want to be taking the mic too much, and you know, I want to I want to hear about these guys too. But they're so caring and sweet and honest, where they want to actually know about me. So with them, I could share and just be honest and open. But dude, some people, they're just so they they can be so selfish, where they just want to just blah 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 blah, blah, blah talk about this or that, or talk about other people or whatever. Or not so when you get someone who's like that, maybe maybe you know you kind of chill back a little bit and don't share too much. But when you have somebody who's really hungry to find out about you and wants to know some things about you and they're a good person, then that is the, that is where you can build a beautiful, beautiful relationship. So that's where you want to share things about yourself. And this person will be interested in checking up on you and seeing how you're doing and stuff like that. When you find a great person like that, number one, you should keep them in your life at all costs. And number two, you, you, they, you won't keep them around if you're not honest and you're not vulnerable. Right? So with that type of person, it
0: becomes super, super important i think one of the keys here is that interaction um i got my next book coming out soon i did these like five principles of powerful honesty i call it and the fifth one is kind of uh, a curveball where it's actually about when you stop um, so talk about being bold and responsible and vulnerable and having a good perspective and all that sort of stuff. But the the fifth one is actually, you mentioned it, Joe, there's a risk. If you meet someone who actually invites you to open up, somebody who's been holding back will then outpour and just dump on the person. And they, they're they just like, Oh, well, you just became a free therapist, you know? Yeah. And no wonder You know, if you've had that experience and you are just outpouring on someone and you scared them off or freaked them out, you're going to think, well, it was my honesty that freaked them out. And it's like, no, it was the quantity that freaked them out. If you give them one thing and just at that point where they're going, well, this is a bit uncomfortable, you stop talking, go, now it's your turn, and you're listening, they'll be like, okay, this is like an invitation to some real shit here, but I'm going to, this is 50 50. You also have to be careful. There are some people out there. I call them pseudo-therapists. They like to absorb information from people. They're undersharers, but they create a space where you just blah, blah, blah. They ask you lots of questions and stuff, and they just draw information out of you. It's actually a form of control and manipulation that they do to feel comfortable in themselves, but they won't reciprocate. They refuse to give back. And by making sure that you don't overshare, you won't run the risk of, come into contact with either someone who's just going to draw information out of you to kind of use you for validation or someone who's going to be scared off by you. You know, I think, you know, Joe mentioned, uh, especially like with dating kind of starting off more fun and playful. I do believe you can get to a state where you go to full honesty right out of the gate, but that is not a beginner state. That's something you build up to where by the time you're there, you no longer have any shame attached to what you're saying. So it doesn't bum someone out when you're talking to them about it. You know, like, you yeah, know, I've been really working through my depression. You're like, yeah, what was your name again? Man, this guy's a drag. <laughs> um, but if you're just sort of like, yeah, been crushing my depression this week, you know, finally getting my shit sorted. How about you? It's, it's a way different vibe. You're kind of like, fuck, oh, this guy's got some balls but you can't fake that that comes from years of building up, facing discomfort, opening up one little bit at a time, as Mike says, peeling back the layers. So that by the time you like that, that's who you are. That's real. You really genuinely no longer give a fuck about their opinion, but you still care about them. You know, I think a lot of people do that thing. Like they think not caring what someone thinks of you means not caring about them. No, no, no. It means not taking their opinion personally. But you still care about them as a human, there's still compassion and empathy there, and someone who's compassion and empathy wants to listen as much as they want to speak or if you know you've got an ego like me just a little bit less than you want to speak, you know but I think what I'm seeing with this guy, he's in that awful stage, very necessary but awful stage of transitioning where he now has to unpack all the lies. he has to rip up all the flowers. And that bit sucks. It sucks for everybody. The more dishonest you've been in your life, the more that bit sucks. But you've got to make sure you don't make the mistake of blaming the suckiness on the honesty. It's not the honesty that hurts you. It's ripping up the flowers of dishonesty. It's you're, you're paying for your past here. You know, when I lost friends and stuff from being more honest, I
1: was like,
0: fuck, this honesty thing's like killing me here. I was like, no, no, no. I'm losing them because I set up an expectation of being something else. And now I'm correcting that. The correct thing is fine. There are people who like me just the way I am, but these people, they can't handle the change and the change only exists because I was dishonest. So it's the dishonesty that's hurting me, but it only hurts me once the honesty happens, you know? And so the honesty gets the blame. Like the honesty's come to clean up the mess and somebody's going like, why'd you do this? It's like, fuck, I'm not, I don't do shit. I'm just here to clean up, you know? Um, but actually like, like Joe was talking about, when I first started being honest, I started to, it's cliche to sound, you find out who your real friends are. And that's a painful process. You start to find out there are some people who want you to keep up the act because they're very uncomfortable with raw Naked authenticity. They find that very. They want to just talk about sports and the weather and bitch about other people. They don't want to talk about real stuff. They certainly don't want to be pulled into a conversation where they'll have to do it too. um But as as Joe said, they're just basically saying, "I'm not a good friend for you. Bye." And if you can see it that way and realize there are some people actually who want you to show you who you are, but they don't want to have it all in one fucking dose. They want to go back and forth and you build together, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's one final thing I wanted to add a note on before we go too long on answering this topic. It's specific to what this uh, person has written, is that it's, the pain point seems to be not so much around uh, being exposed to others that's where most of us really, really struggle is the change in the relationships around us. We're going to end up losing some people that we sort of thought of as friends. We're gonna end up making people to replace them that are a hundred times better fit. But there's a process there. The whole garden gets torn up and then it has to regrow, be replanted. And that, there's a lot of pain to that. But one of the things that really stood out to me here was that inner conflict. Because when you feel, before you've even told anyone, that terrifies you. That means there's something deeper. Right. And I think Joe hit the nail on the head. The best way to do this is journaling. The best way to start is to confront yourself. And there's something quite powerful and magical in a sense about journaling is that you're essentially connecting your rational and your emotional brains. When you take that thought, I am. Whatever, this is what I am. This is what I'm afraid of. This is what scares the crap out of me when I wake up in the morning. This is what I'm hiding from people. This is what I hid from people today. This is what mom doesn't know. This is what dad doesn't know. This is what my girlfriend doesn't know. This is what I never like to sit down and think about when it's dark, right? Write that shit down. And when you read it back, it creates an internal connection kind of between the id and the ego and the rational and the emotional minds. And what will become okay is it? it's like looking in the mirror and standing there and staring at yourself and going, that's me. And you know what? That's okay. It'll take you a little while to be okay with it. But that's where you're at right now, is that if you don't feel okay looking in that mirror, look in the mirror longer, okay? You will learn that you are fine who you are. You'll start to notice your strengths. You'll start to notice where you need work. You will start to see those things objectively rather than with emotional reactions. And then you can start to build something great. And that's the whole point. It's funny, Joe and I have both been through weight loss journeys. And we both went through that exact process of looking in the mirror and go, shit, that's me. It's not what I want. What can I do about it? And that, that process, it's a painful process, but it is the most healing adventure you'll ever embark on. So just embrace it, just embrace it. It's not meant to be fun. You're ripping out all the flowers and all this shit that, that, you know, you've been covering up your life with, but there's something great under
0: there. Yeah. I think it was Nietzsche that said something, I don't know the quotes, but he said something along the lines, like the greatest tragedy is that we can lie to ourselves and lying to others is actually relatively rare compared to that. Um, And that was, yeah, that's the thing I think, like, Like we're saying, if you want to get comfortable telling other people about this, first you have to be comfortable telling yourself about it. Or otherwise it's going to come out apologetic, hesitant, disgusted, embarrassed. When it comes out like that, you're going to provoke negative reactions. It's it's amazing how much the delivery makes a difference. If I say it loud and proud, I can say the most fucked up things and people will be like, fair enough. If I'm okay with it, most of the time, they'll be okay with it, or at least they'll hesitate to be not okay with it. The more bold I am, the more people hold back on judgment. But if I come at them like, oh my God, this is a terrible thing about me, and I'm a terrible person, the nastier element in somebody is provoked by that. They'll be like, well, it must be terrible. Look at him. You know, look at the way he's saying it. This is an awful thing that I'm hearing. And it confirms it in their head. You know, I, I often I talk about my next book a comparison between Monica Lewinsky and Paris Hilton. You know, they both had these outrageous sex scandals. One of them had their life destroyed by it. The other one thrived. The only discernible difference I can make out is one was shameless and one was shameful. You know, Lewinsky was shameful and it crushed her. She literally went into hiding for 20 years. Paris Hilton was like, I don't give a fuck what you think. And now she's a DJ or whatever. I'm not saying she's a great person, but her response was kind of like, yeah, that's me. Like, she'd already come to terms with being a sexual deviant or whatever. You know, she was fine with that. Whereas Lewinsky wasn't okay with being someone who sucks the president's dick. She wasn't yet okay with that. So by the time it came out, she's ashamed still, you know. Um, yeah, Mike's done a great journaling course, Brojo University. Um, If you haven't gone into that yet, you combine that with our honesty course and you can start with that low pressure. Like I don't have to tell anyone else anything. Let's just start with getting honest with myself. There's, There's two voices in my head. Let's exchange information to find out what's real about me. You know, if nothing else I'll get to the point where like, at least I know when I'm hiding something rather than, you know, that kind of, the tragedy for me, and you know, we're not going to do another question today because this one's just gone on too long, but that's fine. Tragedy for me when I was a nice guy is there was a point and it was literally like I woke up in a cold sweat one night where I was like, I don't know where Dan ends and nice guy begins. It's blurred to the point where I don't know if I'm performing or real anymore. It's like I've become the performance. So the performance is real, but it's not. There was points where I'm like, I'm not even sure what I like. Like, I think I like metal music, but then somebody puts Nelly on in the car and they're all dancing to it. So I'm like, oh yeah, this song's all right. I'm like, do I even like this song? I don't think so. But fuck, if they're watching me, suddenly I seem to. Like, I don't even know what songs I like. There was something very fucking scary about that. I saw that in what this guy's written here. He's really afraid of kind of figuring out who his identity is. You know, who is he actually the idea that he might not be what he thinks he is. He may have conned himself with the same performance he's been using to con others. And I think, I don't know if it's the same for women, but as a man, not knowing who you are, I don't know if there's anything worse than that. What else is there, but who you are, if you don't know what that is, then you don't know anything, you know? At least that's how I felt about it. That's why honesty became such a big deal for me. Because when I spoke out loud, honestly, I figured out who I was. It wasn't done with thought. It was done with expression. I'd say, I don't like that song. And I'd be like, oh yeah, I don't like that song. That felt right to say that. I feel like I know, you know, I've got like something to hold on to. I don't know much about who I am, but no, I don't like that song. So there we go. We've got like something firm there, something solid. Anyway. Who we'll, uh maybe start wrapping it up there?
1: Yeah, just if something you said there Dan caught my attention, uh the actors getting lost in a role. This is mm. actually a thing and I was just looking into the psychology of it. It's a pretty fascinating area. Uh there's a quote by Daniel Day-Lewis who played in Last of the Mohicans and then uh it was a I think it was an Irish bomber in the IRA at a different point and played different roles. And he commented once that when he, he hates being by himself because he has no idea who he is when he's by himself. He's always embodied in his roles. Ever since he was a young man started learning acting, he was somebody else. Then he's somebody else. Then he's somebody else. And then he's by himself. He's like, shit, what now? (laughs) Like, who am I? You know, Heath Ledger, apparently when he was doing the Joker ran into that quite a bit as well. It's like, he's a Joker all day. And then he goes home. He's like, shit, that's a bad guy you know and i don't feel good about even myself you create a lot of internal conflict when you are not authentic and even in a professional role such as an actor there's struggle around that that's very interesting to think about and yet most of us do it automatically almost subconsciously and as dan said it is so easy to lose yourself in that process just remember always that what's underneath that is just you right it's all good it's just you. There's nothing scary there. Just because you don't know who you are doesn't mean that you're a bad guy. Just dig, peel away the layers, and, uh, and find the truth. If nothing else, you'll finally be in a place where you can look in the mirror and smile because you know who you are, you know what you stand for, you know what you want, and you'll be able to connect with the right people. That's an entire life transformation right there, getting the crap people out of your life that are just time wasters, and connecting to people that really, really they can benefit you. You can benefit them. You can build real connections. Um, it's, it's going to be scary, but it is, is awesome. Awesome journey. Do it.
0: Yeah. Joe, any final thoughts, man?
2: Yeah. I'll just, I'll just um, add one quick thing. First thing, cause it, cause Mike just brought it up, which, which was what I had said earlier, which I really agree is like, you know, certain people are going to love, you, the, you sharing and all that. And, and you're going to build those great connections, you know, like like my two gentlemen I'm with here today, you know, how we have a, a great relationship and it was formed very quickly because of our ability to share and go deep. And one thing I just want to say, too, is sometimes when, when you get into the self-development stuff and like we were saying, your friends aren't going to be cool with it. Like your, your old school friends, a lot of them aren't going to be so cool with you changing so much and, and maybe you, you sharing all this and being honest, right? So they may be a little threatened. But well, one thing I found through the years was in the beginning, I used to be like, well, you know, forget those guys. What I found now is that you can contextualize that friendship. And what I mean by that is, you know, there may be friends where you can still kind of gossip a bit with or watch some sports with or just go to the gym with or whatever. Right. And that's OK. You could still keep those friendships. So I, I want you to still keep those around. But I also want you now that you are comfortable with sharing and being honest and open to also look for those deeper friendships as well. too. So I think you still can keep some of those old ones. But you do want to seek out those newer ones because there are deeper and there are better connections and there are great relationships out there. And I think that's what becomes a best friend is that person who you could really share everything with on all levels and they're out there. So I I want to encourage you to to go for that. And I want to just um, bring up as well one thing that that Dan had just said about um, Paris Hilton and Monica Lewinsky, right? There's shame and shamelessness over pretty much the same act, right? You know, being having a, uh, a sexual thing kind of put out in public there, right? And I talk a lot about this and I say it in a different way when it comes to owning it, right? What is confidence? It's owning who you are. It's owning what you do, right? Owning it. Okay. I'm owning the fact that I'm going to go and talk to this person. I'm owning the fact that I'm going to share something about myself. And if they don't like it, that's fine. I'm owning it. It's me. I'm comfortable with who I am. That's comfort. That's confidence, right? And I love how you, you said shame and shameless, because I, I, I was just thinking about that too, and certain things, even in my own life, right? When you tell somebody something that comes from a place of, oh, I know this person's probably not going to like this, and you feel a little guilty, some shame about it, or, hey, look, this is what I do, and I do it because I think it's great, and if you don't like it, that's totally fine. That's your opinion, but, but I think it's awesome, right? And that's more of the shameless area, but I think that was a really cool way, and I think that will, if you take that mindset into a lot of this stuff. And it, it goes back to you know, what Mike was referencing too, you have to be honest with yourself first, right? And you look at these truths about yourself. And if you're, if you're comfortable with them and realize that that's you, you're human, then once you have that comfort, you can put them out there more shameless and it's going to be met with a much better reaction than not, right? I know people who quit drinking and they're like, oh yeah, I'm not drinking. Oh, why aren't you drinking? Yeah, you know, it's tough and, there's not, and everybody gets on their case, right? where I haven't drank my whole life. And i be like, yeah, I don't drink. They're like, really? You don't drink? I'm like, no, it's just something I wasn't interested in. And I own it. I'm, I'm completely shameless about that. And almost every single time I met with the response of, oh man, I wish I didn't drink too, or I think that's really awesome or this and that. So it's how I feel about my truth and how I present it is the type of reaction that I get. So that was a really cool point. I just want to end on that.
0: Absolutely. You know, I think, uh, final thing i'll say i i look at honesty like a martial arts i've been actively trying to be more honest for i'd say i made the transition somewhere in the realm of 10 years ago almost maybe a bit maybe a bit less and i still feel like i'm a student of it i've been trying to be as honest as possible for 10 years and i'm still like oh there's so much more layers to this thing and it's like learning, you know, learning a martial arts, you get the black belt and you've only just started, you know, now you can actually have a fight in real life, but the first fight you're going to get your ass kicked and you realize you still haven't really learned anything yet. And, and so you can kind of take your time, I guess, take the pressure off to suddenly become this like 100% honest person. Cause you're never going to be, it's, it's impossible to even be a hundred percent honest with yourself. So you can't express it. You know, you're, How many times I catch myself saying something, I'm like, nah, it's not quite it. I'm like, I added a bit of sugar to that one because I'm trying to get something or whatever. Like there's these subtle nuances where I'm like, fuck, I still got a lot to learn. So take your time. Start with journaling just a little bit more each day. Then you start practicing with safe people. That's your gym. And then once you're like saying it to safe people brings up no shame for me, now we go out into the broader world. You know, so by the time you bring it to them, it's the hundredth time you've talked about it, not the first, right? And then it's, you're not guaranteed ever to get a good response, but you reduce the likelihood of a negative response by getting as shameless as possible. That way you're only going to get negative responses from judgmental people, people who are healthy, confident, or at least respect you. If you're shameless, they'll be like, "Fuck, fair enough. He doesn't drink. What can I say? You know, there's nothing for them to pounce on. There's no, I call it blood in the water, you know, that attracts the sharks. You know, there's that bullying mentality that some people have. They, they smell it on you. They smell the fear, you know, and they can't help themselves. Just, but if you don't have any of that blood in the water, they'll be like, fair enough, bro. They'll leave you alone. Most of the time, there's always crazy people. You're never going to be guaranteed shit, but certainly most of the negative responses people get to honesty, it's because of the way they feel about it before it even gets delivered. That's what's ruining it for them, in my opinion. All right, lads, let's wrap it up there. Um, this is an epic topic that we could go on and on about and we probably will. Um, you got to see me fucking yapping about honesty a lot lately. My book is almost ready to be published um, and again because of my huge ego i think it's a masterpiece and i can't wait to share it with people um but it's absolutely all about honesty and why honesty goes hand in hand with confidence and what the why shame goes hand in hand with low self-confidence all right guys till next time eh?
1: thanks guys see you soon
0: yeah Good
1: see ya, see ya.